just get pucks deep, you know, play the corners hard, and see if good things will happen for us. We're back, just dishing at 79, joined by John Toots Tutor. Our producer is on a bye week this week, needing some much needed rest. Um, you know, maybe celebrating a little bit. He had a decent day in the NFL on Sunday, I believe I saw. Um, yeah. I think he did pretty well. Good for him. Obviously, the Bills absolutely dummied the Tennessee Titans. Um and I thought I was – this just goes to show. We'll touch on the betting a little bit. There's a few NHL things we're going to get to. But for fuck's sakes, the only – this would – if somebody else dropped this statistic, aside from me in this two-month just shit storm I've been in gambling, Mike Vrabel as a head coach going into that game when he is a underdog of four points or more is 13-3 and three against the spread. And they lay a fucking egg when the one time I bet on those fucking Titans, they lay an absolute egg in primetime Monday night football. Wow. But yep, the Bills won. So it was one of those bets where it's like, it's going to be a win-win. Those bets are, it's interesting too, because those are, that's like an emotional hedge, right? Like at mm-hmm. that point, like if the Bills lose that game or, you know, they get crushed, God forbid. I mean, it doesn't look like the Titans are going to do that to anybody, much less the Buffalo Bills this year. Um, but, you know, if the Bills lose that game, you're like, all right, I made some money. Like, that's sweet. But obviously the Bills winning the game, you're like, eh, you know, go Bills, right? Exactly. Um, but, yeah, I'm. Uh, we'll get into it more, but I think I might be taking a hiatus from the NFL. I don't know how anybody is doing anything remotely successful in that league right now when it comes to gambling. Um, and I got to stick to what I know I have proven success doing. I've been okay with the NFL in the past. I think I just got to put my focus on Saturdays, and if I got some play money Sunday morning, then I got some play money. But outside of that, I'm not – I'm on an, a bit of a hiatus putting any, you know, energy or work into f- diving into some of these NFL games and fucking all that shit. Um, but, yeah, before we get into the gambling results and what we like this week, because um, I think there is some, especially Saturday, obviously. I haven't made any money on Sunday since fucking hockey was going on. Um, Saturday looks like there could be a another Good day, money to be made on the board, Um, but we'll dive into that in a second. We had a bunch of hockey news that came up conveniently we got to talk about. Um, First off, we'll start um, because I think, you know, this is one of my favorite players in the league. Coming off the Stanley Cup, Nathan McKinnon signing the big ticket finally that he Definitely deserves. It's an eight-year deal. I think the total value is just over a hundred million. Thanks for coming. Shout out to Nathan McKinnon getting that money, much deserved. Um, Tudes, I'll start with you. Obviously, thoughts on the deal and all that. Yeah, I mean, highest-paid player in the league now. I think AAV is uh, north of twelve. So I think twelve point six. Yeah, big boy money for uh, the Nate dog, but he, 
I mean, he earned it, quite frankly. You know, they got their cup this year. He's, you know, the leader of that team. The dude is unbelievable, um, you know, right up there in the conversation for best player on the planet with guys like, you know, Connor McDavid. So, I mean, he, he deserves, I think, every penny of that contract. I think it's just going to be really interesting I think next year is the last year on his deal, and then the extension is for eight years after that, and it'll kick in after this coming season. Mm-hmm. But what really is going to interest me on that is, you know, the other guys that they have there and, you know, that they have, you know, maybe locked down into bigger contracts. I, I'll i be interested to see how long they're able to compete or – if maybe the cap starts to keep up with with some of those higher uh, some of those higher uh, paid deals and and maybe they turn out okay, but it's tough, right? I mean, we all know what it what it takes, you know, watching some of these teams over the years win the Stanley Cup. You have to have good role players, really solid secondary scoring. Your middle six has to be so solid, and sometimes with with bigger deals like this, those are the guys that get squeezed out. And then you're trying to do more with less in those, you know, maybe middle six slots on your team. So, you know, all in all happy for McKinnon. He deserves every penny of it. Um, I'm just going to be really interested to see how the avalanche move forward and how they navigate these things uh, and, and do a little cap gymnastics in the future as I'm sure they'll probably have to. You definitely think they're going to have to. I mean, you've seen it. You know, Tampa Bay, obviously, a well-documented case. Um, you got to get creative in that situation uh, to win, to keep that window open. I think it's basically what you're getting at, too. It's, it's going to be really interesting to see how they're able to maximize that window. Um, that, for me, is wide open. They they are ridiculous at drafting and developing, obviously signing undrafted free agents out of college. Um, they just, I mean, what can't Joe Sackick do? And that's, and that's where it's like, there's, he's there's an ace three. on the golf course dudes, an oh. absolute ace on the golf course. Stanley cup champion as a player, Stanley cup champion as an executive. I'm sure he's got, however many medals with team Canada when he was playing the guys just, you know, a, a fellow like me, a lifelong Sabres fan, I don't just get another team, another player's Jersey, you know, even as a young boy, just on a whim. Cause it looks cool. That guy is the fucking man. He is one of, he is a weapon still is. How can you not respect Barnaby Joe Sackick? He's, he's one of those guys too, where I look at, and both former unbelievable players, but you look at a guy like him and you look at Stevie Y Mm. two GMs in this league that quite frankly, they make moves and sometimes I don't understand it right away, but those are guys that I'm like, you know what? I'm going to watch how this plays out because they've proven time and time again, that what they do just works. Mm -hmm. For whatever reason, those guys seem to have it nailed down where they go in, they find the right players, they, you know, they get guys on on the right deals or, you know, they pick their spots and and they get their teams competitive. So I, I have no doubt that the Avalanche are still going to be competitive for a long time. I mean, you just lock down, you know, one of the 
you know, probably top two players on the planet at this point, um, yeah. you know, for, for long-term in his prime. And then let's not forget who you've got on the back end uh, coming up as, as a young guy as well. So, I mean, they're, they're an absolutely loaded team. Um, and I'm sure Sackett will do a good job. It'll just be, uh, it'll be interesting to watch how creative he can get with this. And, and I'm sure it'll be, uh, it'll be an exercise in, uh, <laughs> In work in working other GMs, I'm sure for for certain deals, which could be fun. Yeah, it's always interesting. Um, yeah, so that's pretty much all I had on that. I mean, it kind of, it just kind of speaks for itself. It was we knew it was coming. It's deserved, and really, just see how it plays out because, like like you said. There's always, and you see it in football too, right? Before like the Josh Allen contract kicks in, or before these big deals that these quarterbacks sign, it's like everyone talks about how the windows before that money kicks in because they you have to pay the quarterback, you have to pay the star player because that's just how it works, right? But it's it's always interesting to see how teams and franchises navigate that, regardless of the sport. But especially for me, as a obviously primarily hockey guy in the NHL where the cap is lower, um, you know, they don't have as much wiggle room, you know, so. And hockey is interesting too, right? Because to compare it to other sports, like if you look at a sport like football, yes, it's a team sport, but the quarterback has the ball in their hands every single play on offense, whether they're handing it off or whether they're throwing the ball, they always have the ball in their hands at some point to make a play in hockey. You're not on the field for every single play if you're a, a skater. Mm-hmm. And you also don't get the puck every time you're out there, or it's tough to force the puck to one guy all the time. Mm-hmm. And we've seen it time and time again, right? Like in a, in a sport like football, you're only as good as your quarterback a lot of times. Um, in hockey, like I mean, we've seen Connor McDavid for how long now be the best player on earth. And – not make it to a Stanley cup final because you can't do it with one guy. So yeah, that one guy is super important. And McKinnon is a guy that you build the foundation of your franchise on a lot. Like, you know, his good buddy Crosby was in Pittsburgh and, you know, a lot like, you know, McDavid is in Edmonton, but you can see there's two different ways that can go. You know, one of them (laughs) is you get to the playoffs and then you get stymied every year because, you know, you don't have, the right pieces and depth around, or the other is, you know, you really get that team uh, synergy going and, and good things happen. But see. Yeah, absolutely. Going to be interesting. Um, moving along here with the hockey news though. Um, obviously three massive retirements announced retirement announcements. Talk much. Um Initially here, obviously, probably the the biggest one that I think anyone would expect. Um, Zdeno Chara calls it a career. Uh, 24 seasons. And I saw he scored his last goal in the last minute of the last game of the year for the team that drafted him originally this past year with the Islanders. I mean, so wild. So crazy. He played like 1,600 NHL games, too. Like, that's just ridiculous. Yeah. Um, obviously, um, as a Harden Sabres fan, um, you know, fuck the Boston Bruins, um, plain and simple. Um, 
you know, my generation, it's not such a big deal, but quite frankly, I say that because I just get annoyed sometimes when like rival quote unquote teams or, you know, teams we play a lot, teams that are good when the Sabres suck, which has pretty much been the entire league. So I should have a vendetta against the whole fucking NHL, but God damn it. Do I wish Brad Marchand was a Buffalo Sabre? I was just for years. <laughs> God damn it. Dude. That guy, he would be so perfect here. Um, you know, Bergeron to just, they, they always, they have guys like that. They're, they're maybe not the flashiest. They everyone, might not. You know what I'm hates, saying? Everyone hates the bees, especially in this area in Western New York, because people hate Boston sports in general so much mm-hmm. here. Um, cause they win. Yeah. Because, because they're unbelievable. Yeah. Over time. I mean, they've all won championships and that's something every fan wants, but the thing with the bees that's always fascinated me. And I think it really started with Chara's tenure there. And, you know, at least in our lifetime, because I don't, I don't know a ton about the bees before our lifetime, to be honest, it's what you could say though, just really quick, you could say they're an underachieving franchise based on what they've had in our lifetime was all I wanted to throw in there. You could. I I just, I also look at teams like that too. It's so hard to be relevant for that long, whether you're winning cups every year or not, right? Like they, you know, they have some success, but maybe fell short in some years they should have won it. Um, But the thing is that, it's so hard to be there every year. And you look at a guy like Chara, he just, I, like growing up, I remember watching these games and obviously he sticks out more than anyone because he's just so massive on the ice. Yeah. But just so steady back there and just such a, just leader. Like that's, mm-hmm. that's what you think of in the game of hockey when you're thinking about a leader, right? Someone that someone that plays and carries themselves like like him and like some of the other guys in his locker room, really, like a Patrice Bergeron as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but just, you know, incredible career. And, I mean, it, it's, uh, it was fun to watch him play when he wasn't playing your favorite team. Uh, but, you know, damn, he was a bruiser. Yeah, definitely didn't want to get in a scuffle with that guy. Just manhandled you. But, yeah, he always seemed like, you know, he was kind of like uh, – the chief or like the dad of the team, like, you know, just always bringing along the young guys, you know, even when he was, you know, he'd have his moments where he was like angry and whatnot on the ice, but like, you could always tell he's one of those guys that you knew very early, like a Joe Thornton and those kind of guys, like this guy's just going to hang around as long as he possibly can. Cause he just loves being with like Thornton said, he's just like, I love the boys just love being with the boys. I mean, for fuck's sakes, I saw Thornton in a fucking Pilates class swinging a kettlebell yeah. with a F- bunch of F- suburban housewives. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. David Setaguchi, former San Jose Sharks gym, too, which is amazing. Um, and he's been skating with the Sharks, too, I saw. Yeah. Um, so it'll be interesting. Um, but yeah, he's just one of those guys where it's just like, until he literally can't physically anymore, he is going to be in the league. He's going to be getting offers and playing on teams and doing what he's always done. You know, um, obviously can't move. He, I quite honestly, he could never move that great. I mean, how the hell could you, I mean, at that size, but smart player, tough player guys though, like the guys that don't 
the guy I, I don't want to say don't move well, but those are the guys that last the longest, I feel like, in the league too. Right, like the guys that more durable. You're not kicking the shit out of your body time and time again. It's that, and like the guys that don't rely on their speed, right? Because that's kind of one thing that no matter what, as you get usually goes first. Yeah, like your your legs slow down a little bit, and like that's if you rely on your speed to be the biggest asset of your game, then eventually that's going to catch up to you. Mm -hmm. For sure. Um, But congrats to to Big Z. On an amazing career, um, you know, and that was twofold for me too. When he obviously spent a lot of time in Ottawa, so you know, just two teams right in a row, I just was not a fan of. But uh, nothing but respect and admiration for his game, what he brought to the game, and um, the impact that he's had around the league. Um, just an iconic player. Um, it's just it's it's weird, you know, basically. If you think about it, 24 years, that's as long as I can remember watching hockey for the most part. He's been in the league. So, um, obviously, congrats to Big Z. Uh, hell of a career. Enjoy retirement. It's been a blast. Um, the second retirement, P.K. Subban, highly linked to the Sabres this offseason. ESPN is jumping for joy right now, I think, <laughs> um, to get that guy full-time on the broadcast, as I'm sure will happen. Um Kind of surprised me a little bit um, of the three that we we are going to talk about. Um, I don't know what your thoughts were here on PK, but um, one of those early, for me, one of the earlier players, um, you know, maybe not the most big, strong, physical defenseman, but had a ton of offensive ability, skating skill. Um, you know, maybe it didn't always look the prettiest, but, you know, he was – good chunk of time there in Montreal and Nashville where he was extremely effective on some really good teams. Yeah, absolutely. He was so much fun to watch because you could tell when he was on the ice, he was just having a good time, right? He was, he's been criticized before for being flashy or, you know, doing things like dancing at warmups and things like that on the ice. But to me, that just dude had so much fun playing hockey and that yes that's what it's all about um and, and quite frankly uh, from everything that i know and have heard about him off the ice um, sounds like you know you couldn't meet a nicer person just you know the things that he did and continued to do even after he got traded from montreal for the children's hospital there mm-hmm. you know both financially and with his time spending it with the kids and things like that i mean just P.K. Subban's the type of guy that, you know, if, if you have a young hockey player, you know, you'd love them to be that type of person and that type of player. Um, you know, a little bit of a little bit of hot water here the last uh, year or so with a couple incidents in the corner. But, uh, you know, over- <laughs> which we have not been shy to bring up. Yeah, we show. have not been shy to bring up. But I still think love over- you, P.K., but Jesus I, Christ, yeah, put the I mood mean, away. I think overall, like just, you know. From what it sounds like, tremendous person off the ice. And, uh, you know, he was he was a joy to watch him play the game, you know, especially in the prime of his career. He was he was fast. He could shoot the puck. He had a rocket. I mean. Oh, him like, at the top of the umbrella on some oh, of the power plays in Montreal. Goodness. Yeah, just, just, just so much fun to watch. So, you know, hopefully, uh, you know, he enjoys the second part of his career in the, uh, in the broadcast booth because I think he'd be a great addition to a broadcast uh, full time. 
yeah, hopefully ESPN kind of expands his role a little bit. Um, that'd be great. Good insight, you know, personality, character, all the things you'd want. So um, shout out to PK Subban. Once again, great player, blast to watch. Um, and just kind of a thanks for everything you've done for the game. Um, you know, him especially too, you know, kind of obviously elephant in the room, right? You know, black player you know, playing, you know, the position the way he did, you know, having the swag that he did, you know, very early on, especially in a place like Montreal, you know, when things weren't good, they that's the kind of shit they're probably pointing to. It's like, oh, he's, you know, goofing around or, you know, any of his antics, but guy showed up to work. Um, you don't play as long as he did in the league, in the roles that he played not putting the work in, not wanting to win, not being a team player, regardless of personality, um, you know, activities off the ice, whatever, you know, if that you don't, kind of thing. If you, if you don't think watching PK Subban enjoy hockey and play the game the way he played was fun, I don't know what you're looking for in sports, but uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe, maybe you should find something else. You know? Yeah. I think, I think they televise bowling on ESPN too. So maybe yeah. give that a whirl. <laughs> yeah. Who do you think you are? I am. I think they need that that guy. Forget his name. Pete Weber. Uh, Pete Weber. That <laughs> fucking absolute animal. Um. Anyways, so yeah, uh, PK. Congrats. Enjoy retirement. Can't wait to see uh, you know all the media work that I'm sure you're going to be doing to kind of let loose a little bit. Um. Yeah, and then the final one. Uh, ah, this one really. Uh, this one hit for me. This. The Sultan of Sonk, Keith <laughs> Yandel, hangs it up uh, after 16 a, seasons, I believe. I mean, the Iron Man streak. I'm just the 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 interviews on Spit and Chicklets. Some of the stories this guy told. Um, just the character you hear he is. That I, I don't know if there's a teammate that's talked about him who doesn't absolutely love the guy. Um, but Keith Yandel, I mean, he was always a player I, again, love to watch, um, just smooth, not going to blow your doors off with his speed at any point, never the fastest, never the hardest shot, but he was, you know, even up to the end, smart, um, you know, just always in the right position, equally as good for me at the defensive side of the game as he was offensively, which I feel like sometimes, you know, the past 10 years or so, there's usually some kind of discrepancy between the two sides for I don't think I don't think he I mean granted the way it ended in Philly was not ideal because I mean he didn't play well but they were a terrible team yeah Uh, but I think I think he's a guy I don't think he gets he's obviously known as an offensive defenseman but I don't think he gets enough credit for you know how competent he really was on the back end uh, yeah throughout throughout his career I mean you know he he may be picked some spots and took some chances to try to make a play and and make a pass or, or skate the puck up, something like that, maybe pinch. But, I mean, that dude, he made plays, and, and you don't play that long in that many consecutive games if you're not doing something right, you know, on the mm-hmm. defensive end. So, you know, hats off to Keith Yandel because that's hell of a career and, and retiring, you know, with unfortunately it it ended this season, but the uh, the longest active Ironman streak for consecutive games played. Um, that's 
that's impressive amongst itself, right? I mean, even just the fact that as a defenseman, you never had, you know, a fluke thing like a puck getting deflected up and catching you at an awkward angle or, you know, breaking a hand or something like that. I mean, just unbelievable the the luck that goes into that and then just the durability of him to play through all of the things that maybe could have kept him out. Um, right. If, if he was a different player as well. So, you know, hats off to him. For sure. Um, it'll be interesting to see what he does too post-retirement. You know, I'm sure he'll take some time and figure it out. Um, you know, whether that's media, front office coaching. Um, I mean, he would be a delight to have in the media world. I don't know if he'll go that route. I think Keith Yandel is the best Keith Yandel when he's uncensored, obviously. Um, but to hear him up as a color commentator throwing some sounds out there on a live broadcast would just that'd be delightful. So I uh, could I could see him doing I don't know if he would be on it full time just because they got kind of a full house over there, but he is good friends with the Chicklets boys. Obviously, him and Wit are like best friends growing mm-hmm. up and um, you know, him and Biz play together and are very tight, but I think Yandel would thrive in that podcast type world because Almost like a, you know, like someone like a like a Andrew Peters or a Craig Reve, right? When they moved from radio to podcast, and now they can have different guests on to tell different stories and be uncensored. Yandel would do really well in, in that kind of transition because you don't have to be censored on a podcast. You can say whatever you want, and nobody's right. going to tell you any differently. But yeah, if he went to be like, you know, a color guy or radio guy for a different team, he'd have to, you know, flip that switch. And, you know, that's that's part of his personality. That's what people love about the guy. Absolutely. Shout out to Keith Yandel. Um, Still think it was bullshit the way the Ironman streak ended. Um, You know, enjoy uh enjoy the retirement enjoy that sick golf cart they gave him when he was in florida i don't know if you remember seeing that custom golf cart just an absolute gem um but yeah so it'll be interesting uh just to see what he ends up doing um you know post-playing career i'm excited to see what he gets into hopefully it's a podcast because the stories that guy's got to have that even just the ones we haven't heard have just got to be unlimited um so yeah, that's that's pretty much the hockey news, I think, Tudor, right? I think that's basically it. Um yeah, other than that, just training camp starting up. Um, mm-hmm. you know, the the rookie prospects and and some of the prospect camps have been going on. I mean, I've got some buddies that have been tuned into the Sabres stuff and you know, I gotta you know, there's two different types of people, right? You know, yesterday on Monday night there's there's the people that left work early in Buffalo to go tailgate and you know be a little bit rambunctious and jump through some tables Mm -hmm. uh, for Monday night football. But then there's also Benny. Benny's the guy that gets out of work, turns on the radio, and he's listening to the prospects game live on his way home from work. I mean, this got (laughs) dialed in to Sabres hockey. Um, But, yeah, yeah, I mean, that's exciting. What can I say? You can't teach an old dog new tricks. No, 100%. It's, uh, It's an exciting time. Uh, for hockey fans with the season just around the corner and getting to see some of the young guys uh, show what they've got right now. So, you know, we'll, uh, we'll see, but I'm counting down the days till the season starts. I can tell you that. Oh yeah. Um, Again, like I mentioned, uh, officially a proud season ticket holder of the Buffalo Sabres. Um, 
looking forward to spending a good amount of time in the uh, key bank center that will no longer be the key bank library. Um, it's going to be great. Uh, yeah. The, a lot of awesome stuff so far in the prospect challenge. Um, I'm sure this would call for, uh, we'll probably catch up with Walt and or Jared on this, um, you know, just to kind of go over some things about, you know, leading up to, you know, fall from the prospect challenge, right? And then as we get into training camp, you know, it's kind of a season preview sort of thing. I'm pretty sure we're going to be doing that soon. Um, but yeah, uh, can't wait for hockey season, obviously. It's, dude, October is right there. Right for there. A, for a sports fan, for a gambling fan, sports gambling fan, whatever. It is the time of the year. Everything's going on in October. Can't wait. Um, just And really, for me, it's more stuff to keep me away as much as possible from betting on the NFL because I've just been getting absolutely smoked. This league is a fucking joke to try and predict right now. That's what makes it awesome, right? But as a gambler is the main reason why I watch the NFL. It's driving me nuts. So we might as well get into it. It's gambling time. I don't really have much to say about the NFL. I mean, go Bills, obviously. I got there, right? Um, I mean, the Ravens, I, Jesus Christ. Oh, my God. Horrible. Kirk Cousins. Why wouldn't Ben bet him in a primetime game? You know he stinks, but you figure he's made how much goddamn money. He's got to figure it out at some point. They blew the – who did they play week one? The Vikings, do you remember? The Packers, and they beat them. Yeah, they blew the doors off the fucking Packers, and then they go into Philly, those animals in that stadium. Um, and just Kirk Cousins does what Kirk Cousins does. I mean, did he last night – I mean, he, he just couldn't – his best passes – were the interceptions he threw right into the chest of Darius Slay. Like, it was a pretty – it was amazing. Um, but that's what I get. Um, you know, you give guys the benefit of the doubt and, you know, fuck it. Makes uh, you wonder well, if he had the Eagles defensive fantasy. It does. The thought crossed my mind. Um, the Titans, I mean – They stink, huh? They, they're – they – wow. Um and then um, I decided to dabble a little bit um, last night as well. I saw a statistic for the Baltimore Orioles-Detroit Tigers game. The guy that – the starting pitcher, his last name is Alexander, I believe, for the Tigers. In Baltimore, mind you, the Tigers, when he starts, are 3-13 and on the season. And he has an ERA of 5.4-something insane. Like a nice, juicy ERA. And I see that the Orioles on the run line are plus money at home against a team like that and a pitcher like that. So, I bet it. Do me a favor, Toots. Jump on the Google there. Look up the score of the Orioles-Tigers game yesterday. All right. Um, oh, wow. Um, 11 nothing <laughs> Tigers, huh? Wow. I mean, you can't make this shit up, man. You cannot make this shit up. It's fucking hilarious. You and, know what, um, though? That's, that's the perfect example of what I tell people who, 
who don't gamble, I'm like, I tell them, look, or, you know, friends of mine that are just getting into it. I'm like, I always say, do your homework on the matchup, do Mm -hmm. some reading. If you haven't watched the teams, you know, look up some stats, you know, pay attention. You know, if it's hockey, who's playing in goal, you know, who's, who's pitching if it's in baseball today, you know, is it, you know, in football, are there any key injuries or, you know, how have they played against common opponents? Like all the, all the, research that is just your due diligence before you place a bet but sometimes you do all of that and you make the smart pick and it just goes way off the rails real quick and you just, you can't do anything about it right if it was if gambling was easy nobody would have a job everyone would just retire and just place bets all day mm-hmm like if they and if, if it wouldn't be called gambling it'd be no, called like it'd just be winning it'd just be winning so yeah, that's how it's been going. That that Monday night basically sums up how it's been going for me. I just, I mean, I might have to just fade myself. I've been teasing with the idea, but um, we're not there yet in college football. So I've been there um, before. Sometimes you can't be afraid to fade yourself. Yeah, you, you I, it's you're really doing some self self evaluating on that, but. Um, yeah, I actually I forgot. I didn't pull up the sheet. So I went what one and two in the NFL? Yeah, let, one me, uh, let me take a gander here for you. You went the, uh let's see. Because you know you you gave out uh two NFL picks this past week. You went one and one. You lost on the Ravens, you had Ravens minus three, Dolphins ended up coming back and winning that game. Yeah. Uh, that one's tough. And then uh, you won on Packers. They did. Uh, they did pull it out against the Bears. Oh, that's right. I had the uh, the Patriots was the other one I wrote down that I, I think didn't give out on the show. I was gonna. Uh, yeah, that one you kind of texted in the group chat. I think last minute. Um, I might not have went over that, but if so facto covered. Doesn't matter. Um, crazy, crazy, crazy week. You know, start to the NFL season. Um, but I mean that's going to be fun because even though in the madness there's still opportunity, so we'll we'll wait in the weeds here see what happens. But uh, for the real fun, buddy, for me and you, let's get let's get on campus here. Yes, sir. Let's head to the campus. Let's review this past week. I mean, Texas is fucking back. I got the shirt ordered in the cart. I got a. I got the. I got one. We're we're gonna have some. You look good in burnt orange, buddy. Yeah, I got I got the shirt picked out. It's in the cart. Um, God damn it! Give me some Longhorns. Give me, give me all the Matthew McConaughey Texas Longhorn content. Just feed it to me. Um, but yeah, let's review. You know our cards for for what happened on Saturday. Um, yeah, yeah college, and then we'll talk about this coming week. I'll uh, I'll go through yours first here. Um, so you in college football this week, you. Um, you ended up going, let's see here, three and one. Uh, you won on NC State, covering 10 on Texas Tech. Our Texas Longhorns covered 11. Mm-hmm. Honestly, that one, I don't. it didn't worry me, but early on, UTSA actually had a lead, and I was like, what the hell is going on here? And then, oh, Texas, yeah. and then Texas just turned it on. Yeah. Um, you, uh, you also won on Oklahoma. Um, 
manhandling Nebraska. The Huskers stink. They might be mm. a bet against them every week until until proven otherwise, team. Yeah, I think they might be. At this point. Um, and then uh, BYU, tough one, BYU-Oregon. You had BYU plus three and a half, and uh, you got Bo next. I got Bo um, next. I usually get Bo next, that rat bastard. I Bo can Nix, never get Bo on the Nix right side tough. of Bo next. No, that's – that's tough. I mean, we. I think we all have. Those, Me and him are like oil and water. Yeah, like you. You bet on them, they lose. You bet. You bet against them, they win. It just. He. It is what he it is. is. The Kirk Cousins to me, for college football, never on the right side of him. I also feel like he's been playing for like twelve years, but. Yeah, I can't keep track anymore, especially with the transfer portal and shit. I have no idea what the fuck's going on. It's kind of cool. I think it's going to, for a lot of instances, especially an expanded playoff, I think it's going to make the cream of the crop better. There's going to be more of them, and talent might be spread out. Obviously, you're going to have the big dogs. um, But, you know, you want to see, especially in an expanded playoff, you want to see more of, you know, the the underdogs. Who doesn't love an underdog? Absolutely. Imagine Texas. Imagine our Texas Longhorns sneaking into the college football playoff this year. I don't think they're going to sneak in. I think they're going to march in. I hope they march in. Um, but I think it'd be a sweeter story. Yeah. No, I. I as totally a dog, agree. but um, I mean, yeah, they're uh, they're right there. And then uh, on the on the other side of it too, in college football, I I had a good week as well. So another winning week. Um, on my slate, I gave out four picks last week. I also had Texas minus eleven. Uh, USC minus 12 covered Penn state minus two and a half against Auburn. That was easy money early mm-hmm. in the day. Um, and then my, my lone loss of the week, I, um, I went with Michigan state plus three and a half at Washington mm-hmm. and, um, Washington, they, they played an unbelievable game. Michigan state just, they couldn't keep it close. Yeah. Um, you know, but it's that's the way it goes. Sometime I'll, I'll never complain about a uh, a three and one Saturday. Nope. So you know, overall, your record is now pushed to um, a nice six and nine. <laughs> and um, my record as of last week is uh, eleven and three uh, or twelve and two, depending on what you got the pit spread at uh, last two weeks ago, weeks ago or last yeah. week. So um, overall. Um, Hot start for me through a few weeks, and uh, you are on the rise here. If we can get rid of some of these NFL losses for you, you're right there with the winning percentage. Yeah, that's why I have, to, I have no picks. I'm not giving anything out this week. I, uh, I truthfully, NFL. it's not even that I haven't just given them out on the show. I have not touched the NFL this year for that reason, and I don't know anybody right now that is betting on the NFL that's doing well. And usually I'll have a couple buddies, right, that are down, a couple buddies that are up, and, and somebody's hot, but mm-hmm. nobody I've been talking to is hot on the NFL right now. And I, for that reason, I just stayed away. There's too many games going on that I can't feel like I'm getting a good beat on. So I just stay away from it. Um, that's growth. Uh, for me, I used to, I used to, well, no, cause this is what I used to do. Right. I used to be the dude that would do this on like a Saturday. I'd wake up, I'd text a group chat with the boys. Like we'd all come up with our picks for Saturday. We would crush ass on college football win win a bunch of money on Saturday. And then Sunday would try to get cute with it and bet like the entire NFL slate. And it would be a disaster zone. And then you break even on the weekend. It's like, I could have just not bet on Sunday and 
made a ton of money. So mm-hmm. um, I'm kind of adopting, uh, you know, that uh, that look quality right. over quantity. That's exactly it, right? Like in college football, like I'm picking anywhere from you know, three to five, like last week, I only picked four instead of five. Um, but I'm really just trying to zone in on matchups that I've done a little research on and that I like. And then if somebody texts me a pick 10 minutes before the game on Saturday, a lot of times I'm not just blindly jumping on it, you know, yeah, um, you know, pick, pick the quality and stick with it has been my strategy and it's been, uh, it's been working all right so far. Yeah, man, it's been a great start. You're on fire. Um, with that in mind, um, I guess I'll jump in here. Um, I wrote down five. I did. I, was, I did as well. But I am going to give out three because two of them I haven't dove into. The two I'm on the fence about, I'm personally probably going to bet them. I just am not going to give them out as official picks on the show. But for anyone listening, Michigan minus 16 and a half, Ohio State minus 18. Um, those lines just – I got to dig in more to those, but just my very brief initial – you know, I'm research gonna, on those two. I I'm think gonna, I'm going to hit those. I'm going to stop you right there. Okay. Um, I also, the last pick I put on my card uh, was Michigan minus 16 and a half. And it's a nice football number. It's a decent football number. But the thing is, um, I think Maryland stinks. Michigan is continuing their streak of not playing against the real football team on Saturdays. And I think at this point, like, I mean, they've been crushing opponents. Like it's like they set like their school record for like biggest point differential for like over the first couple weeks, whatever. I mean, they're just crushing people right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so they actually look good, but they're also playing teams that, that aren't very good. And I think Maryland's another one of those teams that aren't very good. So um, I'm going to ride that one, Benny, if you want to jump in on that. Yeah. Um, I, I think if we both had had a little bit of a thought on that one, you know, maybe it's worth taking a flyer on uh, the Wolverines. And yes, uh, yes, Derek, when you're listening to this later on, um, I don't take it back. Michigan hasn't played a real football team yet. Yeah, so I, I'm, we're going to put that on the card. We're going to put the star next to that. We're going to take it. Michigan minus 16 and a half. Um, I like it up to 17. I don't know. It, but again, more research on it. But at this point, as of today, if I were about it, I'm Michigan minus 16 and a half at home. At home. In the big house. Gotta love it. Um, the second one that I'm a little bit iffy on, but again, um, you know, this team is, had it not been for the first game of the year this season, I'd have extreme no doubt confidence in this team. Um, if Alabama and Nick Saban were not a thing, I would easily have made the most money off of the Ohio State Buckeyes in my gambling career. They are playing the Wisconsin Badgers at home. The line is minus 18. Ohio State is 1-2 and two against the spread this year, but they are undefeated. It is rare in this era that Ohio State does not have an immaculate record against the spreads. Um, I think they're going to get back to 500 on this one. Um, so... I'm going to, again, I have the same vibe with this one. I mean, Wisconsin's always a tough grab, right? They always have a good defense, disciplined team. but They're giving up like eight points a week through like the first two weeks, but they've also not played. Right, exactly. This is like they haven't played anyone near 
the caliber of the offense of Ohio State, and I think that's where the bias comes in. I was I was stunned when this line was below twenty, so that's why I I dig that one. I think I'm going to take it too. We're going to fuck it. I'm not giving any NFL picks. Put Ohio State minus eighteen on the card. <laughs> Whatever at this point, you know I had a good week last week. Let's take a fucking run at it here. Got to you can't scared money don't make money. All right, that's the that's the philosophy I'm adopting with Michigan and Ohio State here, but. Meat and potatoes here for my picks. Um, the first one line stood out to me. Um, Appalachian State minus seven. They are at home. Um, lost my spot. They are playing James Madison Dukes, who are two and zero against the spread so far. Again, Appalachian State, one of the top teams in the Sun Belt Conference, pretty consistently. They are currently one and two against the spread uh, at home. Uh, I think that they're kind of over the hump on the letdown spot after they knocked off Texas A&M. Um, you know, they're, they're moved on with the season now, I think. Um, you know, they got the partying out of the way for that one. Um, this line is very interesting to me. Um, obviously, Vegas knows something that I don't, but them only a touchdown against a team. I didn't even realize James Madison had a football team. Um, quite honest with you, um, I had to text our boy Joe Mancuso to uh, – to, to make sure there. Actually, I wouldn't text Mancuso. He went to John Carroll, I believe. Um, always screwing up the founding fathers here. Um, <laughs> founding father sounding guys. <laughs> uh, brother. Anyways, yeah. Um, again, didn't know James Madison had a football team. Never heard of it. Barely heard of the university. Uh, 2-0 against the spread, though. Over-unders 59. Um, I like uh, Appalachian State minus 7 in a bounce-back spot. Um after last week, because, you know, they're in the classic letdown spot after you knock off, uh, you know, a top. I think was Texas A&M ranked in the top 10 when they beat them? I believe they were. Uh, they might have I think they were eight. I don't know what their actual ranking was. Yeah, but um, they, were, so, they were definitely ranked, uh, you know, pretty decently. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think this is going to be a kind of, you know, dial it back in. Partying's over, like I said, celebrating that big win. They're going to be focused, and they're going to look to make a fucking statement against, again, James Madison Dukes. Love the name Dukes, but, yeah. I don't think uh, – I just don't think that line makes sense to me. So, again, maybe there's some injuries I might have missed going over, but, you know, for proving what Appalachian State proved to me, beating a defense like Texas A&M, you know, you can say all you want. Maybe they didn't have a good game, blah, 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 all right? Um, we're going to take Appalachian State on the points there, minus seven. Um, quickly after that, we have the Minnesota, who is a, listen to this, Tudor, so far. They are a top two offense and a top two defense yep. in the league. So, actually, hold on a second. I just discovered something. James Madison I think I see why this line's so bad. Going back to Appalachian State for a second. I don't know how I missed this. Uh, JMU is a the best defense in the country right now. Yeah, that's probably who, why. Who, who have, who have they, they played, played, though, is the thing, right? Yeah. So, I mean, that's a tough thing with college. Like, But I feel like that affects the line. Stats. No, it okay, does. Okay, so they played Norfolk State last week, who they beat the absolute piss out of 63-7 to at home. Um, let's see past results here and then they played mtu who they beat 44 to 7 yeah so they're playing absolutely no yeah, so middle tennessee and yeah 
Not not good. Yeah. So I just think that's an over that that minus seven. That's like an over. They got their oh, oh Appalachian State's playing the best defense in the country, technically, maybe. But are you gonna sit there and tell me Texas AM's defense is not better than James Madison's? An SEC team doesn't have a better defense than whatever fucking conference they are in. I don't think so. And Appalachian State found a way to beat Texas AM. So like I said, just another reiteration of, you know, at least it's I can see why the line is what it is, at least a little bit, but I still think it's a bit of an overreaction there. So again, Appalachian State minus seven. Back to Minnesota. Sorry for the diversion there. They are the number two offense in the country right now. This is where we're going to get on the other side of it, though. Really haven't played anybody. Um, they are averaging 312 rushing yards per game and 242 passing yards per game. So um, they are flying high. The only offense more efficient than them currently is the Ohio State Buckeyes. Not a big deal there. Um, but they are taking on Michigan State on the road coming up here. Um you know, I think there's the the situation where you're like Michigan State in a bounce back slot spot at home didn't have a very good game. Um, but again, too, Minnesota hasn't played anybody. Beat Colorado last week, forty nine to seven. Western Illinois, sixty two to ten. New Mexico State, thirty eight nothing. So, um, here's my reasoning for this one. When I watched the Washington Michigan State game. I don't know if you felt this way, Tudor. It seemed like Washington controlled the pace of the game. They kind of just – they seemed they were able to run the ball pretty effectively. They tired out that Michigan State defense. Michigan State's defense couldn't stop a nosebleed in that game. Yeah. So regardless of the fact that Minnesota really hasn't played anybody, they're, you know, they're a good football team. You know, those results speak for themselves a little bit. I think there could be a situation that you have Michigan State who's, you know, maybe not preparing like they will. They're going to be some – there's going to be some fight in there. But, honestly, the the two-and-a-half for Minnesota coming off the, you know, some big victories, they seem like they can control the clock, which Washington did against Michigan State. I think they could – you know, keep it close. It's going to be a close game, I think, but I'll take Minnesota on uh, that nice football number, minus two and a half. And I know I'm fading a good tried and tested system with the uh, the home underdogs, but um, yeah, we're going to see. We're going to see what happens here. I've been looking at Minnesota for a while. Some of their spreads have been so big this year. So I want to take a chance on them here in a, in a little bit of a prove it spot for the Gophers. Um, and then really for no fucking analysis reason whatsoever, aside from the fact they are a cover machine already. Um, like I said, the t-shirt is in the cart, Texas minus three, put it on the card. You, you just don't, when you're on a heater tutor, you, you don't get off the roller coaster before the ride stops. No, no, you don't. You do not do that. So why would I not bet Texas again? They are three zero against the spread, are they not? No, yeah, they're uh, they're rolling. They um, are a cover machine. Good teams win. Great teams cover. Give me Texas minus three. Why can't I find where they are playing? Texas. 
Yeah, what the fuck? Are Texas they plays at Texas Tech this week. That's right, Texas Tech. All right, yeah, Texas Tech, I mean, I, I don't have a lot of faith in them right now. They seem to be in kind of a between spot, uh, you know, semi-rebuilding, trying to figure some things out. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Texas is the hot hand. You ride the hot hand. Simple as that. Texas minus three will be my final pick for this week. All right, buddy. Floor is yours here. Yeah, so I've got five picks this week as well. Um, I'm going to kind of run it back here um, to start where you were, and then I'm going to go into my kind of different picks this week. So first pick I've got, um, this one's a no-brainer. You just mentioned it. Texas is back. Um, Texas, to me, is they're in a position now where I'm just going to keep betting Texas until they prove otherwise. Um, I, I like this team and I mean, I just, the lines I'm giving out right now, I confirmed probably about three hours ago on Caesars. Um, so, you know, that's what I'm rolling with. So Texas minus six and a half at Texas tech. Um, I like them to win by a touchdown or more. I mean, until proven otherwise, I'm going to keep hammering the Longhorns. Second, um, Second one, I'm going back to uh, I'm going back to my boys out in Southern California, USC, USC minus six and a half at Oregon State. Again, for all of the reasons I, I've kept mentioning, USC just continues to roll. They continue to play really good football, really efficient offensive football, and they're going to Oregon State, where um, you know Oregon State they're they're three and zero. Oh. They, they beat Fresno State by three, who USC just covered against uh, double digits this week. Uh, so that's that's another thing, you know, common opponents I like to look at. And the other two matchups for Oregon State were Boise State and Montana State, who, you know, let's face it, are not in the same league as uh, USC. So USC minus six and a half at Oregon State is my second pick. Third, third pick, I'm going to a team that – um, I, I liked what I saw out of them week one against Pitt, um, even though they ended up losing it off of like a tipped interception at the end of the game, pick six. Um, but West Virginia minus two at Virginia Tech. I like the Mountaineers in that game. Uh, Mountaineers are, you know, they're showing, they've shown me a little bit on offense where I, I think they could really, you know, do some damage in the right situations this year. So give me West Virginia minus two at Virginia Tech. Uh, last two picks going to Boise State. Boise State minus 15 and a half at UTEP. Um, you know, did a little bit of looking at Boise State, but really what this one came down to is one thing I've learned over the years is there's certain teams that are always bad. UTEP is one of those teams. So that's literally my reasoning for this. And uh, Boise State, they lost to Oregon State week one. Uh, but after that, they've won. They beat New Mexico by 17, and then they beat Tennessee Martin by 23. So they seem to be handling teams that aren't very good. So at 15 and a half, I think they can get that 17-plus point win. So I'm going to take Boise State. Um, and then my last, my last pick we did touch on earlier, but – you know, last pick on the card. I wasn't sure I was going to do it, but I did slide Michigan minus 16 and a half in there against Maryland just because Michigan's been dominating bad teams so far this year. And Maryland just, they're not a, they're not a great Big Ten football team. 
I, I still struggle with the fact that Maryland is now in the big 10 and it's been a few years. Um, yeah. But, okay. You know, they, I just, I don't know. Michigan's been a, Michigan's been a machine. I, I like to call them frauds every year. I hope they don't prove me right this week. Um, <laughs> so uh, I'm going to roll with Michigan uh, to win by uh, 17 or, or more and cover the 16 and a half. But those are my five picks. Some of these, you know, those first two picks are kind of a trend for me the last couple of weeks. But, you know, sometimes when you get those teams that you just you got that feeling about and they're getting hot, you stay on that wave until proven otherwise. Um, you know, sometimes I, I've realized it's uh, better to ride the wave than think you're going to outsmart it. Yeah. You know, quote of the day right there. And, That's uh, it. you know, college, college football, full swing. You know, what I'm excited for now is we're going to start getting to that point in the season come October where you start getting more and more marquee college football matchups every week, right? You're not going to see Michigan playing Hawaii and hanging a million on them. Yeah. Right. Like you're going to see Michigan play, you know, some of these top teams in the country, you know, some really solid Big Ten teams. You're going to watch Texas play Oklahoma in a big time matchup in two weeks or, you know, three weeks from now. So um, Fuck yeah. I'm, I'm excited for what's to come in college football. I like the slate again this week. And, um, you know, hopefully we can continue this uh, this good start to the season and make some money. Absolutely, my friend. Couldn't have said it better myself. Quick clar- clarification on mine. I had a clerical error. I don't know why I wrote down or said what I said, but I, I think I said Texas minus three when I was giving that up. It's six and a half. Okay. Yeah, I, I was going to say I checked it like a few hours ago. Um, so yeah, sorry to screw you up there. Yeah, I like that one up to fucking 10. Like that. that's, that's fine. Um, but anyways, yeah. As of today, it is six and a half. I like Texas minus six and a half. Don't know why I said three. Long day, but um, yeah, man, I'm excited for this slate this weekend. It's going to be a good one. Um, that's all I got, my friend. Any closing thoughts before we get out of here? No closing thoughts uh, necessarily. Just, um, you know, again, one more time, hats off to uh, to Chara, PK, and Yandel for a hell of a career. Three fun hockey players for us to watch growing up. And, um, you know, let's continue to uh, enjoy this college football season. And if you are out there betting the NFL, um, I hope you're having better luck than everybody I know. (laughs) Couldn't have said it better myself, my friend. Uh, Thanks for joining us, everybody. Appreciate it, as always. We will be back next week for another brand new episode. I say it again, too. We are working diligently for some guests and everything, but we're going to continue to deliver quality content here when it's uh, just the OG members here ripping it off, doing some bets, shooting the shit. Appreciate you listening. Um, Like I said, we'll be back next week as usual for another episode. Good luck on the bets, everybody. We'll see you.